Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and are wondering how the fuck that happened. <laughs> I'm Jill Farrell. <laughs> and I'm Gita Biggs. And today we're going to talk about, holy crap, I'm an adult. And sometimes in particular, holy crap, I'm a woman adult. What the yeah. fuck happened? I this feel like, whole, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> yeah, because I still think I should be playing Qbert on my Atari system. And I'm not. I'm raising children. That's full-blown adult shit right there. Yeah, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, me. <laughs> but first of all, let's talk about the drink. Jillian, take her away. You know, this is a classic drink, and it's something that I couldn't believe we hadn't covered before. Oh, no. We did base spirits for a while where we had, like, a spirit of the month, and then we sort of tapered off on that because we were getting loaded up on sort of our extra spirits. <laughs> my my husband is very worried about my fully stocked bar. And I said, no, no honey. I, I told John, I told John the Brit, only worry about it if it's gone one day. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we had all our base spirits and we were kind of going through them a little bit at a time. And then we would just have to add in the, like the ancillary stuff. So the one base spirit we never covered was tequila. I know. What the hell? That's an important spirit. It's very important to my my heart because that's what was in my heart today. I just felt like we should have margaritas. I I'm glad you did because it's it's honestly been a long time. It's been probably well, it's been since on the basis of sex came out that I willfully had a margarita. Willfully. <laughs> I occasionally would have the desperation there's no other option margarita. Oh, but so I, like the on-purpose margarita versus the, oh, shit, I guess I have that. i got to have that now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I'm so glad because I asked Jill, should we have margarita with a mix or an actual original recipe margarita? And Jill said, original recipe margarita? Duh, you dumbass bitch. You shopping at Walmart again? Do I have to put the foot down on you? Yeah, we can't do, I mean, there's a time and a place for mix. That's just fine sometimes. And, but I have to say, since we've started doing this podcast, I've really kind of gotten into the craft of cocktails. I'm really enjoying that. Oh, you know, it's so funny. I saw my family this weekend and I was talking to them about the podcast and the different um, cocktails we've had. And my sister, who, as you know, I... I love and adore and I think is like the pinnacle. Like yeah. I'm always glad when people meet me first because I think then they have a chance to like me because <laughs> if they meet her first, they're going to be disappointed. Um, and she's like, wow, you really know your cocktails. And I'm all, and so she don't know. And it made me very happy. So <laughs> thank you so much for this opportunity, Jill. <laughs> for once I'm well, on top. <laughs> I will say the recipe for the margarita that we made is up on the website, alwaysneverwrite.com. It's super easy. Silver tequila, lime juice, Cointreau. I put this delicious kind of, um, it's a citrus salt, citrus flavored salt on the rim. And it is delicious. It's got a little bit of sweetness to it and it's definitely got a tangy citrus flavor. Um, it does make me make faces. And so um, <laughs> Gina keeps laughing at me every time I make a face. I do. Take a big sip with a big old swig of the salt and she goes, hey. <laughs> Accurate. Very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> but it tastes pretty good. I think this is a good cocktail. 
I think it could use a little bit of something sweet. Like maybe I would put just a touch of simple syrup in it or something mm. because even though the Cointreau is good with it, I think it didn't add quite enough sweetness. So I use slightly different ingredients um, because I went to a charity auction, which feeds well into our topic tonight, our topic tonight. So I'll get into that more later. But as part of the charity auction, I actually got margarita salt, eight margarita glasses, a bottle of tequila, a bottle of mixer, which I didn't use because I went the more traditional route. Um, so I actually have the cactus, the cactus stem glass. That's so I, cool. I dipped it in salt. I used the tequila I got, which was Cabo Wabo, which apparently is endorsed and pushed by Sammy Hagar. He makes it. It's part, it's his brand. Yeah, which is crazy because I'm a huge Van Halen fan, although I will cop to, I prefer David Lee Roth, but I do love Sammy Hagar too. So it's not a diss on Sammy Hagar that I love that David Lee Roth more. The third guy, I don't even remember. I just know he exists. Yeah. When so. T grows his hair out, he kind of looks like Sammy Hagar for a while. That's hilarious. Make him grow his hair out before I come down next time. No. I have to, <laughs> fair enough. I have to point out that along with the charity auction, I got maracas. Yes, she did. Anyway, yeah, so that's my thoughts on the cocktail. So should I just go into the charity auction now since I've already shaken Might as well. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so a moment I felt like an adult because I very rarely feel like an adult, as you know. Um, (laughs) But one way I have felt like an adult is every year or, okay, not every year, for the last two years, um, because one of my friends has been on the board, I've gone to a fundraiser. Um, uh, I, I will give it an actual plug later, but I've already had too much margarita to plug it now. My apologies. Um, amazing great website. Oh, amazing grace's legacy. That's what it is. The last two years, which it's a phenomenal story. Go to the website, look it up. This child has just, she was on this earth for a very short time, but holy crap, she has had an impact. Um, but one of my friends was on the board for a couple of years. So for a couple of years, I've gone to the charity auction and I'm all like, I have money that I can spend at a charity auction. (laughs) Where am I? It's surreal. So I actually had, I was bidding on several things at this charity auction and I was mostly trying to bid the price up to raise more money. And I saw the Cabo Wabo and I knew that between the Cabo Wabo, the eight margarita glasses, the salt, the chips and salsa plate and all the stuff with it. I'm like, if the current bid's at like 50 bucks, this is all worth way more than 50 bucks. I'm going to push it to 60 and then the person will outbid me and we'll at least get closer to what we want. Well, somehow I did not get outbid. So <laughs> and while I was there, I'd also purchased two bottles of a really awesome Moscato. So um, I came home with like a bottle of tequila, a mixer, two bottles of Moscato, eight margarita glasses, and a shit ton of ancillary stuff, including maracas and john the brit looked at me and it's like should i be worried (laughs) and i'm like not yet um but i'm you know we'll write it off on taxes it's okay but (laughs) since we're on that charity auction topic yes (laughs) we had a similar situation a few years back where 
we had a friend who was on the board of directors of our local zoo, the Friends of the Zoo. And every year they had a big fundraiser and it included an auction. But part of the fundraiser was that you got, you got to go to like the fundraiser first and then the auction was like the very end of it. But the fundraiser was all of the local restaurants and catering services and things like that would set up tables and they would have they would have all their food there and then like the breweries and the different places would have beer and wine and all of this stuff. And we'd have mixed drinks and they'd have all this. It was all free. Oh, so cow. by the time the auction rolled around, we were par- fairly well lit. <laughs> and that's a really good choice to have for a charity auction. It wasn't a silent auction. I mean, there were some silent auction things, but there were silent auction part and a live auction part. So during the silent auction, I put my name on a couple of things that I thought were kind of cool. Um, and then during the live auction part, we were kind of doing the same thing, sort of bidding stuff up. Mm-hmm. And we ended up buying. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've got this giant ceramic, I guess it's ceramic, pottery. I mean, it's probably four feet tall and two feet around. We use it for an umbrella stand in our front hallway. <laughs> it weighs like 75 pounds. Holy crap. That's yeah, more we, than my than my youngest kid weighs. Yeah, it's really heavy. So we bought that, and then I also bought a concealed carry class with some <laughs> mace. <laughs> <laughs> and and I bought, and then during the live auction, we bought a birthday party with the elephants, where you actually got to go in after the zoo closed. And so our little girl was about to turn. Millie was about to turn six or seven I think but it just happened that two other little girls on our street had birthdays the same week as Millie and it was a birthday party for like 10 people so we took us and Millie and we took one other little girl and her parents and we took my parents and we took the other the final little girl and her parents so however many people that is that's who we took and we all went to the to the zoo and they bought us pizza and we sat in the little classroom and we had pizza and then they took us back to where the elephants were and we got to feed the giraffes and we got to see the elephants and then the elephants painted pictures for us. Oh and my And we all gosh. got to have pictures. So you would give like you would choose the colors and the elephants would like use their trunks and they dip the brushes in and they would paint on the things. So I have two elephant pictures in the hall bath that we got at that and then I have one in Millie's room and that's what we got that's what we bought at our charity ocean <laughs> wow buy booze but we were really really hammered when we bought things <laughs> you know I almost think that's why you get free alcohol at charity auctions but I you know it what should be if it isn't oh yeah more power to them it's a great I mean it it works so because we bought an elephant birthday party so there you go. Oh my gosh. That's kick butt. You didn't buy accidental tequilas. You bought an elephant birthday party. That's kick butt. Yeah. What's sad is the wine basket I intended to win. I did get outbid at the last minute. So I didn't uh-huh. get the wine basket. So, you but know, imagine John- if you had gotten another wine basket, then John the Brit would have really, really been worried. Potentially, since I also have a wine of the month club. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh. Charity auctions make you feel, does it ever feel surreal to you that like 
I'm doing this and this is what adults do. Why the fuck are they letting me do it? You know, one of the times I felt the most grown up of the whole world and I thought, oh God, somebody's going to figure out that I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Was back when we lived in the Midwest and I worked for an economic development agency. EcoDevo. Yeah. And one of the things that I did for that economic development agency was I was in charge of parades. This is a job that people have. I was in charge of parades. And I um, <laughs> I had to put on parades. And in order to do that, you have to close down the streets and you have to order porta potties and you have to work with the police officers and the street people and you have to work with the city council and you have to work with the mayor's office and you have to get permits and you have to do this other stuff. And at the same time, because this was the Christmas parade, I had to work with the women's organization of the local um, energy company because the women's auxiliary is the ones who would do the Christmas tree. And so I had to work with them to identify the Christmas tree. Then I had to work with the state highway patrol to close down the highway so we could transport the tree. And Like literally the state highway patrol guy was like, well, you go ahead and lead the way and we'll just make sure everybody stays out of your way. And I'm like, wait, me lead the way? I said, (laughs) yeah, you can do that. I'm like, but I don't, I just have a car. I just, just a regular car. (laughs) And he said, well, we'll, I'll have an officer in front of you, but you just show us which way to go. Here's a radio. And I'm like, what, what? What do you mean? Here's radio. You mean you didn't just naturally acclimate to tell us what to do? Because you're really good at that. No, no, no. I totally told them what to do. I pretended <laughs> like I knew exactly what was going on. But in my head, I was like screaming, I'm only seven. I don't know how to do this. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can't tell the highway patrol. You need to turn here. You need to close this highway down. Please stop those cars from coming in front of us. We need to shut the next intersection down. Like, how am I going to do that? Like, how do I, how do I legit, like, I'm just this person. I'm just, it's just me. It's just me, little old me, who just doesn't do, this isn't my job. This isn't a thing I do. So I would shut the streets down. And then when it would come time for the actual parade, the day of the parade, the police officers would be calling me. Like, I did have a radio that day. The police officer would be calling me and they'd say, well, we have a problem over here. Can you come over here? And I had a golf cart. So I'd have to drive my little golf cart over there and, tell them what to do. They'd say, well, we have these people and they want to do this. And I'd say, well, should we let them do that? (laughs) Do you think that's a good choice? Are we making good choices here? (laughs) (laughs) Good choices. Oh, so you'd buy all parental other asses. I did a couple times. Yeah. But I made really good friends with most of the officers. They loved you though. The police loved you they thought you were marvelous they like assigned you your own code name and everything they thought you were amazing but it was just because like quite honestly they had had so many people that did that job poorly and like finally somebody was doing it efficiently because it was just you just do it logically it's just all about logic Mm -hmm. and finally somebody was using logic and like making sure things got done efficiently they were just happy that it did wasn't done shitty So were you shocked when just being a logical, a natural, logical person that that impressed people? Mm -hmm. Didn't you always think, shouldn't everyone be this way? Yes, I thought everyone was that way. Like Once I I stopped being an idiot, you know, teenager type of idiot, and I I 
made a lot of bad choices when I was younger. But once I kind of got my shit together and figured things out for myself, this is not the adult part. But, like, once I just stopped being an idiot, I thought, okay, this is just how the world works and I just need to figure it out. Mm. Like, in college, if you just go to class, you can pass your classes. That's all you have to do is just, like, literally just go. Wow. I didn't always do that. No, neither did I. And that's the classes I didn't go to, I did really shitty in. And then the classes I did go to, I did pretty well. And I was like, huh, what's that about? (laughs) (laughs) So the first time I felt like, oh, shit, maybe maybe I'm not ready for adulting was... um, involved going to classes and I'm going to laugh again because she is tasting that salt and making that (laughs) face. (laughs) Um, But no, it's, it's when I didn't go to classes and where was I going with that? I've had too much tequila already. Tequila is the bane of my existence. It's my kryptonite. Um, Oh, by the way, I, um, so this weekend I won't get into all, (laughs) all the details. Okay. Let's wait. Time out. Let's regroup. You've started four stories now. <laughs> I may leave that in just because it's hilarious. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I, I need to go back to. Let's I, talk I, about classes. Too many stories. Yes, classes. So I didn't always go to all my classes. Nope. Um, but I was, okay. One of the things that startled me the most and made me feel like, oh, crap, I got to be a fucking adult now was when I progressed from undergrad to law school because undergrad I I didn't have to work at it. I don't mean to no. I don't mean to sound uppity, but up until undergrad, grade school through junior high, through high school, I never worked. No. At all. I, if I just went to school, I was fine and like once I got to high school, I literally didn't give a shit at all. And so I didn't care if I got good grades or not. I honestly didn't care. I, if I could just make C's, like I could just make C's like not paying attention, not going. One of that was fine by me. Okay. I, I, I literally, I was my high school class valedictorian. My <laughs> you sucked at that the last time you tried to say it. <laughs> I did. Damn it. I was my high school class valedictorian. Yay. Good for you. I know. And I still, I didn't give a fuck the entire time of high school. I had one high school teacher who hated me. Um, Cause but, you could just do anything. That's why. Cause I could do anything. And I, 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 I feel like, no, I'm not uppity. I'm proud. I have a brain. Damn it. Speaking of uppity. Okay, finish your story I'm, and then tell me, let me tell you about uppity. Uppity. Okay. I shouldn't feel as a woman apologetic for having a brain. Um, damn it. We shouldn't We're do that. Talking about high school. Talking about high school. So I didn't work through high school. I didn't work. There was only one class in undergrad I worked at. And it was because someone said, oh, no one's gotten an A in that class in three years. So I knuckled down. And I got the first day in three years. Good for you. I know. But then I hit law school and my GPA tanked. I mean, I was every possible honor society you could think of. I was in an undergrad law school. Nope. Bye-bye. I was worried. I lost my full ride scholarship after the first year and a half and I was devastated. And I'm like, I got to figure out how to study. And I had to learn to work from that. Yeah, I Until, never knew how to study. It sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, and that was one of the first times I felt like an adult. I'm like, 
if I'm serious about being an attorney, which is what I'd wanted to be since I was seven, I'm like, I need to get my shit together. And I sat there and worked my ass off until I figured out how to study. That was one time where I felt semi-adultish. Of course, I also sold cattle in order to fund my bar exam. So yeah. that that made me feel very adult, though. That's an adult thing. That's an adult thing. I'm like, I got to give up Martha and the calves if I'm going to take the bar exam because I can't afford it any other way. Okay, time out. I got to go get ice for my drink. Gotcha. And some salt on the rim because it doesn't taste good without it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just drunk ordered fifty dollars worth of mascara, so I really shouldn't be allowed to, um, or you know, be alone while I'm on podcasting. <laughs> oh, shout out though! If no one who listens to our podcast has ever used Thrive Cosmetics before, Cosmetics being C A U S E M E T I C S. Um, you have missed out because I shit you not, they have the absolute best mascara in the universe. So I ordered one for me and one for Nina. Oh, good. Well, she'll like that. She will. It will. Um, yeah. So that's adulting. That's some adulting right there. Yes. And it scares me because I should not be allowed to adult. I'll tell you some adult shit. Please do. So here's some adult shit. Last week, T was on the phone with his mom. Oh, she had the bedazzled neck brace. Indeed. So he was saying something to her, and what did she say? Oh, she was saying something about how there were some people there where she lives, and she said that she enjoyed some of them, but not all of them, because some of them were more educated than others, and she really liked hanging out with the more educated people because she just felt more kindred with them. And she said, does that make me uppity? And, oh, uppity. Gotcha. Right. Right. And T said, no, I don't think that makes you uppity. It just, you know, you just feel like you have more in common with them. He said, I feel the same way. And, and, you know, I don't think anybody would call me uppity and Jill's the same way. I don't think anybody would call her uppity. And mom goes, well, nobody would call you uppity, but Jill, she's, she's always been uppity. In fact, I even told her dad once that I thought she was uppity. Holy crap. Seriously? And then she goes on a rant about me being uppity and how all this stuff. And he was on speakerphone with her sitting across the room from me and I was like cleaning up the kitchen and he, he was sitting there and I leaned over and I went, Oh, and I kind of <laughs> looked at him and he was like, Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's some adult shit right there. When your mother-in-law starts dogging on you right in front of you. Motherfucker. Oh that's my the gosh. same mother-in-law who was, came to our house and was like complete passive aggressive biatch. Well, damn. She has filled a lot of holes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's not laugh. That's not laugh worthy. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember when she came to dinner at our house and like she was visiting and I made this beautiful Caesar salad with Caesar dressing from scratch that I learned to make when I waited tables in New York. <sighs> 
and I had these gorgeous chicken breasts that I had marinated all day and I had tea grill them and we had this gorgeous everything happening and I made fresh croutons and we sit down at the table and she goes, oh, no bread. Hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting choice. Holy fucking shit. Wow. She and my grandma would have been best friends. They could have had a bowling team. <laughs> it was very like we had some real I finally had an out with her that was an adult moment there you go adult moment here was a real adult moment for me after days and days and days of passive aggressive bullshit that I couldn't even and I tried so hard to just hold it in times where mother-in-law let's call her Liza Good one. Yes. So Liza would say in front of Millie, oh, ugh, I hate milk. I'm sorry. We're trying to get our child to like milk and she loves you. So if you don't like milk, she's not going to like milk. You need to shut the fuck up. But I don't say it. I just let her go. And I, you know, I think at that point, though, I actually said something. Well, maybe that's why you're next janky. Um <laughs> I I actually, I think I did say that like under my breath. I don't think she heard me, but I did say it under my breath. (laughs) I love Um, you so much. (laughs) uh, My mother-in-law has dystonia in her neck, which is not a nice thing to have. And it's a very painful condition and I shouldn't make fun of her. But saying that kind of thing in front of a very impressionable seven-year-old isn't cool. Exactly. And, and, you know, let's give your mother-in-law credit where credit's due. If she was going to have to wear a neck brace, it was going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. So. True, she bedazzled the shit out of all those neck braces. Mm-hmm. So we were out at dinner one night, and it had been a week's worth of passive-aggressive comments. Comment after comment after comment, day after day after day. She'd been staying with us for a week, and we got to dinner, And Millie and T and Liza and I were out there and Millie ordered her food and she loved refried beans. So I ordered refried beans with my menu, with my suddenly, I'm suddenly craving refried beans, right? Delicious. Mm. And I said, um, I'll have refried beans. And Liza goes, did you say refried beans? Blech. Refried beans are disgusting. And I literally snapped. I couldn't even hold it in one more second. And I said, oh, my God, why do you have to be such a bitch all the time? I, I, I said it out loud to her. I couldn't hold it in. And T goes, come on, Millie, let's go wash our hands. <laughs> and he grabbed her and left the table. And I said, look, Liza, we absolutely cannot continue this way. Millie looks up to you and everything you say influences the decisions she makes. So if you say you don't like refried beans, that will influence her. And she may choose to not like refried beans, but that's a good source of protein for her. If you say you don't like milk, which we're trying to get her to like milk, then she may not like milk because Liza doesn't like milk. Nana Liza doesn't like it. Why should I have to drink it? That's not good for her. So the more you say about this kind of thing, the more it influences her. You need to watch what you say because she loves you so much. She values everything that you say and she listens to everything you say. 
So you really need to watch it. Damn. You remember the episode where we talked about your dad doing like the best parental thing ever with the, what if I'd gone back into the house for the fire? That was your Jill's dad moment. You think? Yes. Because you totally said, listen, you, I'm going to adult all over you since you aren't capable of doing it yourself. Apparently, even though you're fucking ancient, why are you not being a better role model to this child? who is going to have to grow up to be an adult who makes good choices. Yeah, I did say that. You're right, I did. You did. You were phenomenal. But before I did that, I completely lost it and called her a bitch to her face. You know what, though? Sometimes people need that. I mean, well, I needed you to tell me, don't be a fucking person who lives in a cave. Get out of your house every once in a while. <laughs> in so. fairness, just after this, so we finished, like... Millie and T came back. Liza kind of apologized to me and said, you're right. I need to think about that kind of thing. And I said, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I apologized for calling her a bitch to her face. Again, a very adult. Tried to. So I had told her I would take her to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond after that. We went over there. And as we were shopping, we got up to the cash register and she started telling me a story about her other daughter, who we'll call Melanie. She said um, that Melanie was having surgery. And I said, oh, I didn't know what's wrong. I didn't know that she was having surgery. She said, oh, yeah, yeah. Her vagina's falling out. <laughs> <laughs> and the poor kid at the register was a... <laughs> the poor guy at the register. Like, he was a young kid. He was, like, maybe 17. He just went... Oh, oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> and he like looked around like, oh Jesus, what am I going to do? And he like was trying to fold up stuff and looking around like, oh, just like quivering. Uh, so she was looking around and she goes, oh yeah, yeah. It's just hanging there like a dirty sock. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought, holy shit. She doesn't even know. Uh, so we were okay after that, I guess. But apparently that got me labeled uppity for eternity. <laughs> if you're uppity, then I have no finish for that sentence. But you know what I'm saying. Well, anyway. Definition of uppity if you're Liza. There you go. Okay. You know. And she should live her best life. Unfortunately, I think, well, you know, if bedazzling her neck brace is her best life, then more power to her. But I think there's probably more than that. (laughs) I told T we should buy her a pimp cane. (laughs) Hell yes. Because they have these pimp canes. There's like, there's literally a website you can go buy pimp canes online. And they have like super sparkly handles and stuff. How do you find this shit? You look for pimp canes. Like Google pimp cane, like where to buy a pimp cane. And there's like 50 websites to come up. Why are you Googling that? Because I wanted to know if I could get one. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. Let's get your mom a pimp cane for Christmas. There we go. Oh, so this weekend, speaking of moms, I did a very, very adult thing. What? I acknowledged to my mother that I have tattoos. Ooh, that was a big deal. That was huge for me. And you tell her how many? 
Okay, so I didn't tell her how many, but <laughs> but I told her how many my daughter has. <laughs> so you outed your kid, but you didn't out yourself? Nina, I know you listen. I love you. Thank you for your patience with me. I'm warming up to this slowly because you're much more progressive than I am. Okay, so. It's all good, man. So, Nina, we, we spent the weekend at my mom's and... um. Nina decided she was going to sleep on the couch in mom's sitting room, which is a beautiful sunroom with this giant bay window. And it's just relaxing and so and lovely. So, of course, I get why Nina wanted to sleep there. Um, so she was laying on the couch and had her arms up. And she has this really cool-ass tattoo that has two pinkies doing a pinky swear. And above it, it has uh, lyrics by the front bottoms that say... Um, Promise not to break, no matter how far you are bent. And I bought it for her for her 19th birthday because... And at the tattoo, and at the one. It's beautiful. It's really... Go, Nina. Um, So anyway, mom and I were talking this morning. And my mom, very much when she notices something new and that's outside of her bailiwick, because remember, my mom is the quintessential 1950s woman. Um, except that yes. my mom, except that my mom hated that she couldn't work. That was the one thing that stuck in her craw, like nothing else. Um, cause she thought it was fucking unfair, but she was also the kind of woman who's like, I will bite my lip and fucking deal with it. Um, but so my mom's not a big fan of tattoos. So, um, Nina's sleeping there and she's got her arms up in the air and mom notices the tattoo. So she mentions it to me this morning. So I saw her tattoo and I'm like, yeah, I'm really proud of it. It's very meaningful. Um, and mom's like, oh, you, you're, you're good with that then. I'm like, of course I am. I'm like, if something makes you feel good, I think you should do it. And I'm like, honestly, honestly, mom, she and I also got matching tattoos and mom goes, oh, really? And I should back up a little bit here and state that all weekend, because my mom is, I mean, you know my mom. She's a beautiful mm-hmm. woman. She's beautiful. lovely. Oh, she is. She's lovely. She's loving. Um, if she thinks you need an extra mom, she is your extra mom. She's she, volunteered to be my mom a couple times. Oh, yes. And she it's still an open invitation. She yep. will be your mom. Um, when she loves someone, she just loves them unconditionally. She is the epitome of what you want a mother to be. Yeah. So my mom is such a sweet person that I always worried. I knew she didn't like tattoos on a personal level. So I always worried and didn't want to upset her. So I never told her personally about my tattoos, um, which I have three. So I believe um, that's all you have. I only have three. Yeah. No, but I'm going to get more. Um, Yeah, you are. But I haven't told mom that yet. I was uh, like, yeah, she and I got matching tattoos because Nina went through a very, very rough period of her life. Um, it, it's something that she's going to continue to work through. And she's just I call her my tough ass bitch because she keeps working through it. Yeah, and she's she she's a superstar. She's Wonder Woman. Um, and Nina helps Millie, too, a lot. I'm so glad to hear that. So I'm like, yeah, you know, after everything we Nina went through, um, and she went through yoga training, which helped her very much through that whole process, which I'm going to give a shout out to Blooming Life Yoga in Zionsville, Indiana. Um, they're amazing. They helped her through a very hard period of her life. Um, after all that, the phrase, 
no mud, no lotus, very much got ingrained in her being. And she just kept reminding herself, no mud, no lotus, no mud, no lotus. If I don't go through the hard stuff, I'm not going to have the beauty in life. That's um, true. Yeah. So this spring, um, when she came back during her break um, from studying overseas, we got matching lotus tattoos on our ankles, inside of our left ankle. Um, we got it by the same guy at the same time, well, one after the other, but you know. And so um, when mom said, you have matching tattoos, I went, yes. And I literally, I've been covering it with a bandage all weekend because I've been nervous. I literally ripped off the bandaid. And Good said, yeah. You. And I said, yeah, this is it. Isn't it beautiful? And mom's like, oh, it is. And she did say, it's not something I would personally do, but I understand why you did it. And if it makes you two feel connected, good for you. And I felt like such an adult for being forthright with my mother and not being an adult and trying to protect her from something I knew she didn't necessarily agree with, but being an adult for going, this is my adulthood and what I'm going to do and what your granddaughter is going to do. And she loved it and she's okay with it. So I think next time maybe I'll hit her with the um, um, triangle knot over my chest. You know what I think is crazy is that even as adults, we still crave the attention and approbation of our parents. Approbation. I think you're more sober than I am. Maybe. (laughs) But yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So here's a thing that made me feel super adult. This is much less deep. (laughs) We've been pretty deep on this one. So this is a much less deep thing. And I think, okay, my first mammogram, like I went for a mammogram and and I was like, this is like super adult shit. (laughs) Oh, it's horrible. It's, It's not comfortable. Even like the 3D mammograms are supposed to be less painful than the not 3D ones. I've never but, had a 3D one. Oh, so they're pretty good, but they're still smushy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But um, it's like that's a total grown-up thing to do, right? It is. It, and I, I don't mean to belittle your experience at all, but I have much bigger memories than you do. <laughs> well, you do now. My memories used to be really, really big. And ever since I lost all the weight, like, I would say a full 70 pounds came right out of my boobs. <laughs> What's pissing me off is I'm still a double D. Here's the thing. I went and got measured after I lost all my weight. Mm-hmm. And the lady that measured me was like, you're a 34D. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> not a D. She's like, yeah, you're a D. Nope, not a D promise you not a d i'm a b cup at best damn 34 that's the number i honed in on that's the part i honed in on yeah she's i'm a 34 comfortable 34 damn um she she wanted me to be a 32 d and i'm like nah i'm a 34 b damn you know, after all this fucking weight I've lost, I'm still a 38 double D. We're taking a slight break to elevator music. Do, 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 do
Nina's gonna come in in this oh, motherfucker in a second. I think. Okay, so here comes Nina for another special guest appearance. Say hi, Nina. Hello. Hello. Hi. That's my girl. Okay, something that makes me feel very adult, along with tonight's theme. Uh huh. I am thrilled that my daughter, my baby girl, who I held in my arms, and um, you who know, I held in my arms. I know, and who used to sleep on my chest, is now taller than I am, and one of my best friends. It is so cool. That's pretty cool. It is very cool, and I'm proud of her also because she's such an amazing adult, and she was um, all kinds of, I'm going to this university, and I'm going to harass them until they take me, and then she did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm just very proud of her, and that makes me feel very adult. Oh my gosh, it wigs me out that I'm such an adult that my firstborn child, who I did not even have when I was terribly young, is an adult. I think it's really cool that your firstborn child and my child like talk to each other. And oh yeah, let me let me let Nina hear this. Okay. <laughs> okay. There you go. Oh. <laughs> so my child actually thinks you are her sister. Oh, what? Stop. She asked me the other day, she said, so Nina's kind of like my sister, right? I'm like, well, sort of. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Millie so much. She's like, she is like a sister, like for real. Yeah. I, I really care about you have a like, I, I always tell mother, like you did really well with her. Like she obviously, has a beautiful heart, doesn't she? She has such a great heart. She has an absolutely beautiful heart. She's a lovely person. She's not the only one who has a beautiful heart. That's true. She said she did say to me though, because Gina's kind of like your sister. That means Nina's kind of like my sister, right? And I said, yeah. She said, or my cousin, and I'm like, yeah, kind of like a sister or a cousin, whatever, so whatever you need. And she said she talks to me and she helps me. Oh my gosh. Aww. She's aw. It honestly makes my day when she messages me. She's so she's like she's so sweet. She's just fun to talk to. She's just yeah. like she's yeah. a lot of fun. She's she is like girl. a lot of fun. Like she's some people you get like scared because they're just really boring to talk to, but she's not. Like, she's, she's really, really funny. Yeah, she's, she's very really funny. funny. She's always worried that she bothers people. She's like, it doesn't bother her when I talk to her, does it? And I'm like, no. I don't think oh my so. gosh, I think I'm she would tell you. Bother her. She like, would I'm never. Like, she loves it when you talk to her. Like that makes her day. Like literally, if you oh talk God. to her every day, she would be like, "This is the best day ever." Aw, you know, I'm so glad that they get along so well. That makes that just makes my heart sing. Well, you now have another sister. Aw, that's so cute. Aw, that's, that's so sweet. Aw, I don't know what to say. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, she thinks of you as a sister. I think of her as a sister. That's so sweet. So we'll have to both of us go down and visit them sometime. Yeah, 100%. Please do. Please do come down. Like, this month would be great. Sure. Do you want to see if we can swing a couple days down there? Yeah, let's do it. All right. It Um, would be awesome. That would be wonderful. Anyway, I'm sorry for um, diverting you, but thank you for being a special guest star. No, thank you for having me as a guest. Um, I'm honored. (laughs) Yes, Yes. come visit soon. We love you. And we'll see you soon. Love you. See you soon. Have fun with the podcast. Thank you. Tell her to text Millie. Text Millie. Oh, okay. I'll text her now. She's going to text her now. 
Okay, so three more stories to tell about being adults. Okay, so here's, I'm going to go to another adult thing. It, okay. It's it's completely off topic, but I want to. Adulting, it's not off topic. It's adulting. It's not off topic. It's just varying wildly from the prior discussions. We can but veer. We can veer into whatever you want to veer into. So here's a moment when I felt like a total adult, you know, even though I was on my second marriage and had two kids, I still felt like I had to fly every week for work a couple jobs ago. And it was crazy. So I'm like, I'm flying for work. And I even Facebooked it a couple times. Look at me. I flew for work. I'm in such and such airport. Ha 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 ha. And then after about a year of that, it got to the point where I'm like, I would go to the TGI Fridays at the airport and they'd meet me at the table with a cup of coffee and a glass of water because they knew that's what I always got. And I'm like, being an adult fucking sucks. That is <laughs> kind of awesome, though. I know, like, but... That's actually awesome. I feel like you win with that as far as adulting. Um, to this day, though, I can still fall asleep while taxiing on the tarmac because I got so used to it. Well, given the fact that just a short year before that, you were like completely panic stricken whenever it was time to fly and you nearly missed a really fucking cool girl vacation because you were afraid to fly. Um, I think that that's completely legit about adulting. True. And I remember that girl's vacation because it was with you. And I remember yeah. you texting me going, if you fucking leave me here on my own, I will kill you. I would have completely, I would have absolutely gone completely nuclear on you. And it would have been totally warranted because yeah, I was. it would have been. Yes. This is a totally small thing. And this is kind of like an old people thing, but it's also an adult thing. Okay. After I had, okay, a few years back, I had a hysterectomy. And um, that was an adult thing. Like adult things are surgeries and junk like that. That's like where you start thinking about medical issues. Um, so a few years back, I had to have a hysterectomy. And after that, I started having to take like hormone pills and all this other stuff. And then when I had my gastric sleeve surgery, mm. other pills had to come into the mix and all of that. And so actually every week I make myself a pill stick. That's like an old people, total old people thing to do. But every week when I make my pill stick, I feel like an old people adult. You know what? Don't feel so bad. Cause okay. I do the weekly pill stick. I think that's more middle-aged than old. And hey. I, because my dearly wonderful sainted mother, she's 81. She does a month at a time. Holy fuck. That must take all day. Um, I helped her do it once and I was like, this is fucking overwhelming. I think when I'm 81, I'm going to be in deep shit. <laughs> I don't take as many pills as I did before my gastric surgery, though. Oh, oh, I didn't tell you. I do. Do you? I do. Well, I have to take like vitamins and shit. No, it's this is what is hilarious. I um, actually thought I could. My um, rheumato my rheumatologist told me I could cut in half my fibromyalgia medication, uh -huh. but I did, and I started having more panic attacks. So I went to my. Is that weird? 
I thought it was weird. I thought, well, maybe my body has finally adjusted to sertraline. So I thought, okay, okay I'm, I'm going to go to my GP and, um, and uh, see if she can, maybe I need to shift back to Lexapro or something like that. And I went to her and she goes, well, let me look at your fibromyalgia medications. And it took years to find the right fibromyalgia medication. Oh my God, I feel so fucking old right now. Because um, <laughs> I, I had bad reactions to gabapentin and Lyrica and everything. So I finally She's ended up... things. I know, I'm saying like things. Um, so I ended up on Savella. And what I found out was um, my uh, GP said, well, did you know Savella has some anti-anxiety properties? And I'm like, I did not. And she goes, yeah, it not only dulls the nerve endings a bit, but it also um, decreases anxiety. So I think if you re-upped your Savella, you might stop having as many panic attacks. So I re-upped. And I've not had a panic attack since. So even though I could have cut my medication because of fibromyalgia, my innate chihuahua-ness uh, maybe up it back again. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so then. welcome to being old. You have to balance your medications because they adjust multiple issues. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> making pill sticks is weird. And that's like a totally adult thing. Uh, what was the, can you think of like what the very first thing that ever made you go, holy shit, that's a grown up thing. Uh, you know, I think it was when, when Nina was first born, um, she cried three hours every night for mm -hmm. the first three months. And I would, um, I got to the point where I would hold her. I would try everything I could think of. And there would just reach a point where I would have to put her in the crib and walk away and call my mother yeah. and go, mom, what the hell do I do? And mom goes, put her in the crib and walk away. And I'm like, yeah, I did the right thing. And it was, I think that, so I was like 27 when I first thought I'm, being an adult oh actually no that was the second time I'm sorry I just remember the first time the first time was when I lost my full ride scholarship to law school because oh, because my grades I had no idea how to fucking study because everything for me had been just completely easy to that point and when I first realized I have to work at something oh shit I have to work at something and I think that was the first time I was an adult and when I took the bar exam, I literally did nothing but study for the bar 12 hours a day because I was so terrified of not passing. And I was like, if I don't pass, I can't do my life's dream. So you guys had a friend who didn't pass the bar on his first chance. And I remember that. And you guys kind of made fun of him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was such a bitch when I was younger. I hate it. But at the whatever, I mean, like you've never even close to been a bitch in your whole life. <laughs> The closest I, you've ever been to a bitch is like probably right now. <laughs> go, go me. <laughs> I'm finally bitchy. I need to be. Cause I, yeah, no, I felt bad cause I really liked him and I know I kind of, yeah, but tease him a little bit, but I felt bad for him at the same time. Cause I'm like, I couldn't imagine what that would feel like. And it terrified me so much that I like studied 12 hours a day for a month straight. Cause I was terrified of not passing. 
And I'm like, I can't imagine that world because mostly I was just like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Once I, once I like got my shit together, I was still like decent with, (sighs) I flunked out my first year of college and then I went back to college and sort of just did okay. But I was doing okay. And that was fine by me because like once you aren't going to grad school and I didn't have a real aim, I just needed to get a degree. That's literally all I needed was a degree because I didn't have a plan. I never had a plan. I was just sort of aimless. Oh, yeah, I know. I never had a plan. I never knew what I wanted to be until after I went for a few years and kind of wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I stopped going to school and then I decided to this is where my adulting went. Then I decided um, that I was going to move to New York and become a stand-up comic. That is so fucking awesome. I I did it, though. You have a set of brass balls that I just admire and covet. You know what, though? I don't know if I do. Because, yeah, I moved to New York, and yeah, I became a stand-up comic. But I got lucky. And it's, like, just luck. Like, everything in my life has just been luck. I've had so many lucks. Stop undervaluing yourself. No, it's not undervaluing. It literally is luck. I moved to New York. I had a friend who was living there. I was like, I'm going to move there and live with you. And she's all, hey, it just happens that I'm not living with my boyfriend anymore and I could use a roommate. And I'm like, coolio, I'll be there in a couple days. So I got on a train and I rode the train to New York and I moved to New York. So we had a friend who lived there. Um, we had a, like a grown up people friend, an adult friend. (laughs) My parents had a friend Ah. who knew some people who had a restaurant and said I could work for them as a waitress. Oh, the restaurant. Yeah. So I worked there at the restaurant. Um, it was a total mob restaurant, by the way. That's, Uh, that's a, that's a story for another day. Ah. And I walked down to the restaurant, got a job working for them. And then later on that same day, I walked up to a comedy club in the village. Totally walked in and I was like, hey, um, I'd like to be a stand-up comic. It just happened that somebody walked out that same day that had been working there. Like the very opening shittiest comic that they had had like gotten fired or something like that. They're all, well, we do have an opening. Are you funny? And I'm like, of course I'm funny. Of course you are. <laughs> of course I'm funny. And they're like, okay, cool. You can start at five. Oh, cool. Mm. So that's luck. That's not skill. That's not talent. That's not me being awesome. That's just fucking luck. I no, walked that's... into the right club at the right time. No, seriously, that's timing and intuition. No, it's not. It was cold outside, and I went into this club because the door was open. <laughs> okay, then it was kismet. Right. Okay, weren't we talking kismet about... equals luck. Weren't we? No. Weren't we talking about, um, you know, in the book club episode, um, you know, an informal book club and Pollyanna nihilism, weren't we talking about the Celestine prophecy and how there are no coincidences? Yes, I'm not saying it was a coincidence. I'm saying it was luck. Okay. Pure luck. Okay. Pa-ha! 
Synonyms. That's not even a word, what you just said. Pa is not a word. It's C-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-
business by doing this. And because we would do this, whenever we would be in these towns, they recognized who we were. Whether we were in costume tonighting or whether we were not in costume. And we had followers. Like, I actually had roadies. Like, I personally had roadies who started out in our first town and they were they liked what I did in the show and they liked me in the tiding and they would like walk around with me when I tonighted and they would talk with me and they would come to the show every night. And then they went to several other towns that we went to and they would show up in some of the nearby towns and, you know, they would help us put this tent up and they would help us do these other things. And so every town we would go to, not only would I have these roadies with me that would help me do stuff, but then all the, all the other people in the town always knew who we were. Oh my gosh, that is so freaking cool. It's cool. But I also remembered, like, because of who my dad was, we would go places and I'd go out on dates sometimes and people would recognize me. Like, the year my dad was leaving the town we grew up in, mm-hmm. um, I was back from college and I was dating this guy. Sorry, I'm chewing ice. No, that's okay. Anyhow, I was back from college. I was dating this guy and it had already been announced in the town that my dad was leaving the job that he had. It was a very public job Mm -hmm. and people would come over to us and say, oh, we're just so devastated that your dad's leaving. And I'm like, uh, on a date here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Don't really want to talk to you about that right now. Trying to have a date. Me and this guy. Wow. So I sort of understood, like, between the tonighting and the people interrupting that and then the dating and trying to have privacy in that and people interrupting that, I kind of felt like, not necessarily I wouldn't say celebrity, but, like, if you could imagine a 1% of this is what it would be like if you had paparazzi in your face. Wow. Okay. So then when I moved to New York... And I did get that little offer Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really an offer. It was more like a discussion. All of a sudden, all of that came rushing back to me. And I thought, no, that's not what I want at all. I don't wait. I don't want to be famous. I just want to be funny. But if I'm funny, that means I get famous and that's not what I want. And all of a sudden I realized that shit is not what I want at all. Well, that's one of the reasons that even in this, we've chosen to remain as anonymous as, as we can. Exactly. Because and just- it's not because we don't want people to know who we are necessarily. We're not ashamed of that. We oh, no. love what we do and we love you guys. We love our listeners and we love that you have responded to us in the way that you have. It's wonderful. And we love to think of you as family and friends. Yeah. Oh, like this weekend, I I was talking to my sister and um, two of my nephews about the podcast, and they've subscribed as of this weekend. And I'm like, awesome. And they're listening to it and everything. But I'm like, but keep it on the down low. Don't tell a lot of people. Like, I haven't told a lot of my actual family about this because Mm. I want to be able to be as open as possible. But I also want you, the listener, I want you guys to know that... When I'm being open with you, it's because I trust you. Exactly. And um, 
And that's cool. And we want to be able to share more with you. Yeah. Because like I said, the point of the podcast is Gen Xers who've, um, who wonder what the fuck. And we're talking yeah. about the fuck right now. Completely the fuck. And <laughs> adult shit is, is that just fucks with your head all the time. Oh my gosh. It completely does. I still sit there from time to time and go, I have the position I do corporately and I'm being allowed to raise two children and set them forth upon the world. Who thought that was a good idea? I think next week, like kind of we play up, maybe we riff off of this and we talk about the things that like this week, we talked about the things that made us feel like adults. Mm. Next week we talk about things I think that sort of marries into this is stuff we've had to talk about, stuff we've had to say. Like, I know that there's been things I've had to say to Millie that I never thought I'd have to say. Yes. I'm there with you. And I think that there is sort of a thread, like we can think of a theme related to that. If you guys can help us sort of flesh that out maybe, but a theme related to that, that would kind of marry into as you become an adult, there are things that you never think you're going to have to say, never think you're going to have to do. And then all of a sudden you find yourself saying or doing, whether it's related to parenting, whether it's relating to just being a person in the world. But I think that there's something to that. I think that could be something that we can do. I think you're incredibly right. Although I used a few of them today, like explaining to my mom that I have tattoos. Which, by the way, I totally threw you, threw you under a bus during that conversation. Because I'm oh, like, oh, cool. oh, do you want to see Jill's latest tattoo? It's really beautiful. And I showed her the cherry blossoms. She's like, oh, that's something I wouldn't do. But it is very pretty. <laughs> I, I literally get t- comments on it every single day. In fact, we bought, we bought pizza for dinner. And I went out to pick up the pizza. And the pizza guy's like, oh, that's really pretty. What is that? Is that flowers? It's gorgeous. <laughs> so there we go. So anyway, I digress. So thank you for being my, see my friends do it too, (laughs) which makes me a teenager again and not an adult. At least she didn't say if your friends jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff? She did not. Bless her, bless her heart. Bless her 1950s conservative, conservative heart. (laughs) Well, let's wrap this up. Um, Thank (laughs) you for joining us today. Thank you for being with us every week. We do appreciate your love and your care um we we absolutely do we hope you will drink with us again next week we hope you'll drink with (laughs) us every week exactly and i do want to point out one thing that does not make me feel like an adult hearkening back to the very beginning of the episode and tequila yeah you remember our friend who had the huge crush on you and left the sangria on your porch? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and, you re- and you remember the house party we had one night in law school where he yes, projectile... Yes, I remember that. You remember he projecto vomited into our kitchen sink? I do. I do remember that very well. That was based on tequila. Was it really? It was tequila-based projectile vomiting. That's so happy. I haven't projectile vomited booze in quite a while, even when I've gotten really fucking trashed off of our episodes, which are the only times I actually get really, really trashed, by the way. Same. Oh, my gosh. Oh, last episode we recorded, I, like, laid my head (laughs) down 
And an hour later, John the Brit was like, are you okay? And I sent, apparently, I realized this later, I sent drunken pictures of myself <laughs> to Jill. <laughs> she did. She sent me like three pictures of her just laying on the bed looking pathetic. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. Um, lest you worry about whether or not we should be entering rehab. At this point, we think no. <laughs> oh, good. We've done some quizzes to make sure we're not. But, you know, that was... Like you last episode, that was me in episode 13. Yeah. Parenting fails episode, that was totally me. Damn. You know, so uh, we hope you're not getting as far gone as we have. Um, trust us, we're keeping a close eye on this because we're both over analytical and very worried about our progress at this <laughs> We point. just want to make sure we're doing the best we can for you and for ourselves. That's right. And for the Maracas. Right. But if you want to hear more from us, if you want to read about our cocktails, the website's alwaysneverwrite.com. There's links to our Facebook page, which is Always Never Write Podcast. Join there, start a dialogue with us. If there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about, if there's anything you want to know about us, post it on there. We'd be happy to talk about it, address that. We also have an Instagram, which is Always Never Write, at Always Never Write, of course. Um, we put pretty pictures of the drinks up there. And we've got the Twitter at Always Never Write with no E's. Um, tweet us there, ask questions there, whatever you want to do. I'm never going to quit laughing about the always never, right? Cause <laughs> that was my fault anyway. But you know, as we always say, we are not professionals. We are not professional advice giver people. And clearly we're only just on the vital edge of adulting. Yeah. Um, in theory, we should have been doing this for a long ass time, but we don't feel like that way. Anyway, um, uh, no, I don't think so. No, hell no. What's the fun no. in that? But this has been a fantastic adulting episode of Always Never. Right. I am Jill Farrell. And I am Gina Biggs. And thank you so much for once again making us a part of your week. We'll talk more next week. And in the meantime, take care, dolls. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guilty as sin assholes.